Thank you for checking us out here, and uh, as I sit here with Star Wars mug in hand, uh, we can officially say that George Lucas has sold Lucasfilm to Disney. Yes, that's correct. You heard me right. Disney has purchased Lucasfilm, which is owned entirely by George Lucas himself. Uh, it was sold for the amount of in the amount of four point five billion, four point oh five billion. Uh, Lucas will receive approximately half of that amount in cash and half of that in Disney shares. Uh, Disney will also be completely taking over Lucasfilm LTD, LucasArts, Industrial Light and Magic, and Skywalker Sound. So yes, that means the Star Wars franchise now belongs to Disney. Uh, well, there's a lot of... Lot of uh, well, there's a lot of opinion out there about uh, whether this is a good thing or not, um, but boy, oh boy, it, it sits here and it has happened. So, uh, And what's crazy about it is that Disney has already made plans to continue the Star Wars franchise uh, by creating another installment, uh, with George, of course, offering a few tips here and there, but he will be basically hands-off this project. So Disney is going to completely take over the new installment of Star Wars, which will be obviously uh, Star Wars Episode Number Seven, which is scheduled to be released in 2015. So here we go, guys. We've got uh, new Star Wars films in the making, and uh, I don't know if you're excited about that or not, uh, considering Disney's at the helm. But uh, personally, um, you know, I I'm not so shaken up by this. I, I I'm. You know, Disney's got a pretty impressive resume, right? I mean, come on, it's Disney. Uh, they've done a lot of great work. Um, I mean, with Marvel and Pixar, they've really come out with some really great films. They do good work. They have a lot of talent in Disney. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about it in that we get to see some new uh, Star Wars films. Um, I'm excited, but I'm I'm skeptical, you know. So I'm going to try to remain optimistic about this one, um, and always, as I mentioned, the proof is in the pudding, so uh, we'll just have to see what comes out of this, but yeah, episode 7, and uh, there's uh, quite a few other things that could come out of this too that might be unexpected at first, uh, but we're surely going to see some new things uh, besides just Star Wars movies, I mean, there's a lot to... Um, what these companies and what Lucasfilm has as far as uh, creativity and untold stories and things like that that you know maybe have never seen the light of day that maybe uh, Disney will get a chance to put together so definitely interesting to say the least I couldn't uh, couldn't help but get this one in this podcast there's no way I could skip this this is absolutely uh, big news I 
So I, I didn't think anything was going to pry Star Wars from <laughs> from George Lucas's hands. I, I just didn't think that was going to happen. I knew that he had mentioned uh, retirement from the film business, but I, I didn't quite see this coming. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it has happened. So I know a lot of people generally not uh, real happy with George Lucas. Obviously, we we are ex very happy uh, that he's created this wonderful universe. Um, but you know, obviously, the way that that universe has changed over the years, and the way it, he's had his control over that universe, uh, a lot of people have uh, not been well. Let's just say less than thrilled with uh, how Lucasfilm has operated. But nonetheless, it's in Disney's hands now, and we will just have to see uh, what Disney does with all of this. So, very interesting. Very interesting stuff there. Uh, I'm just going to go right into some interesting talk about Windows 8. Um, I've had a chance to install it and run it. I've upgraded it on my other laptop, which is running Windows 7. Um, and I, I did the install, I did the uh, the upgrade, and I went ahead and had all my uh, personal files and everything transferred over, so I did not do a clean install, which is not typical for me. Usually I like to do a clean install, but on this one I really wanted to see how everything performed by doing the... Uh, uh, and, and obviously I wanted to keep all my stuff and just see how it worked uh, initially. Uh, I've been doing some beta testing and things like that. I did try the release preview and everything like that, and I was really excited to see uh, the final version. But everything went smoothly. I must say, Windows 8 is up and running. For the most part, I went without having any issues. There were a few issues that I ran into right away with uh, kind of getting user accounts set up and making uh, administrator and moving administrative rights from one user to another was a little weird at first, especially since most of that's done through the control panel, and that made things really, really awkward because the control panel, the way I was working with it, is still in the desktop uh, application. It's more of an application now. If you're not familiar with Windows 8 at all, the Windows is, the Windows desktop is still there. It's just more of a shell of its what it used to be. It's actually an app almost. So it's not actually a full-fledged desktop anymore. The tile system is your main UI. The desktop is there mostly for legacy applications that have not moved to Windows 8. It really is an afterthought, but it is there. And I found that most of the functions like on the control panel needed to be done through the desktop, which is really weird. So at this point, I haven't found a workaround from that. I think that's just the way it's, it needs to be done. But anyhow, aside from the user issues and having to go into the control panel through the desktop environment and switch some things around, everything else seemed to go pretty smooth. I've had a chance to install some applications. I have Netflix on there. I installed uh, what else did I install? I installed uh, Hulu Plus in there, and those apps work pretty well. Full screen. Haven't had made any major issues. I do have to say it's definitely going to be a learning curve for folks. 
if you haven't jumped into Windows 8 yet, it's it's not something you're gonna grasp right away. Believe it or not, even longtime hardcore users of Windows and people who know things, you know, know a lot of things about computers, kind of like a lot of the geeks out there that just really know our operating systems in and out. If you haven't used Windows 8, this one's gonna throw you off a little bit. You're definitely you'll you'll pick up on it, but it's it's gonna throw you off a little bit. The charms system or the charm system on the right there is a little strange. It's a little hard to get used to at first. Kind of picking up the idea of it now. Um, obviously everything changes. The charms change their functionality based on which application you have open. So things like that that just take a little bit of time to get used to. Otherwise the Windows installation went smooth. I'm relatively happy with it. Uh, I'm not thrilled. I think there's some things that need to be changed. I don't know what exactly. One of the things that I alluded to, and I did mention this in a post a couple of a uh, couple of week. I think it was a week or so ago. It might have been two weeks ago. Time has really f flown by here. But I did mention in a post about including the trackpad and moving away from the mouse. If you guys remember that post, it's in there. Uh, I don't remember the date I posted that, actually. I have to look that up. But uh, I did did put in a post about getting away from the mouse and more towards the trackpad. And that's, I think, what the major disconnect is for me personally with Windows 8. It just feels weird without the trackpad. Using it with a mouse feels awkward and kind of clunky. I don't know if that's the best way I can describe that, but that's exactly how it feels. I'm like, man, this is nice. I get it. It looks great. I totally get, I love the full screen idea. I love using the entire real estate of my screen for applications. That's beautiful. Seeing things are flowing quickly. It's not like jamming up on me or anything like that. For the most part, it's been error free. It's just feels weird navigating all these menus. So, yeah, I think we need to transition into the trackpad on this one, guys, and I mentioned that before, moving away from the mouse. And that might be what's uh, keeping the Windows 8 experience from being as awesome as I want it to be, at least for me. Well, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but uh, that's how I feel about it. If you haven't jumped into Windows 8 yet, if you're still on the fence or if you're still out there waiting, my opinion to you is it's definitely different. Be prepared for that. But I don't see any immediate reasons not to upgrade. We haven't gotten into any, you know, compatibility issues or anything like that yet. But we really haven't dug into it too much. So, you know, you can kind of hang out for a little bit and see what comes out of it. But if you're uh, still on the fence, I say give it a shot. It seems okay so far to me. It's just weird. I mean, it's just, it really is just weird. But I think that the general direction that uh, Microsoft is going is the right direction. Um for the most part. So and I feel pretty confident in it's still not my favorite right now just because it's weird, but I'm we'll see if it grows on us. We'll see how things go over time. Um by the way, if you are making that transition to Windows 8 or if you're making the transition to Windows 7 for the first time or if you're just doing a clean install and need to get all of your apps, yeah, your old apps over to the new version of Windows or if you're reinstalling it from a clean install uh, that can be time-consuming right that's a pretty big chunk of time it really is 
I don't necessarily like doing it, especially since I've done it multiple times over and over, over the years. And any way that we could possibly streamline the clean install process would be welcome, to say the least. Well, there is a tool out there that can help you. Yes, there is. Finally, something that can help us through these installation processes and reinstalling all these applications one by one and going out and downloading all of them. There's a solution. It's called Ninite. If you haven't heard of Ninite, it's awesome. How is it awesome? What is it? Well, basically, you go to a website and you head to the Ninite website, which is ninite.com, and you simply see, uh, you simply choose your OS at the top left of the website. You can do this for Windows or Linux. So let's say you choose Windows, you go down, and you'll get a list of applications to choose from. And there's a little checkbox next to it. You simply check off all the applications that you want. And then at the bottom it says Get Installer. Click Get Installer. And then you download the installer file to your desktop or your downloads folder, wherever you want it. And then you open the installer. And you walk away. It does all of it for you. All those applications that you selected, it goes out and it installs them for you. And it's awesome. You can walk away, do whatever you need to do in the meantime. Okay, so yes, it frees up a huge chunk of your time. You can be putting another PC together or watching an episode of Mythbusters or whatever the heck you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do while this application will handle all of it for you. Um, and what's really great about it is if you, you find that there's an application missing, you can actually suggest applications for inclusion into their list. So if there's something on there that you say, hey, I always install this and you guys don't have it. Well, you can put that suggestion in and it may just show up on the list. The other thing is, a lot of applications have add-ons and toolbars and stuff like that. And I find that really annoying because, yeah, unfortunately I tend to be one of those people that click through the install windows really fast. And uh, I don't do that as much anymore, but you know, you get uh, to a certain point where you're like, yeah, 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 I know, accept this, accept that, let's go, let's install my software. But they've gotten wise to that. They know people move through those really quickly, those menus and those screens and click next, next, next. And some of them have a little checkbox on it, which I'm sure you're aware of. Some of us are. And they add a toolbar. They install something that we don't want. And obviously because we flew through the menus, we don't see that it ends up installed and then we have to go through and find it uninstalled. Well, with Ninite, that doesn't happen. It's smart about it it will bypass all of the garbage. It installs the apps just like you would have installed them if you had installed it yourself. So it's a complete legit program in its own too. It does not contain adware or spyware. So if you have apps to install, this one definitely a no-brainer guys. You should check this out. It's uh, Ninite awesome. So let's take a minute to talk about the week that's passed. There's a lot of stuff going out there. It's been pretty crazy in the world of technology, especially computer technology, with new hardware and software coming out, keynotes, presentations, videos about everything from reviews on new products and everything like that. And, you know, 
executives talking about their new products and new direction with the company and Microsoft and Apple. And I can't help but notice that Microsoft is acting a lot more like Apple these days. And I think it's clearer now that Microsoft isn't really the major trendsetter here anymore. And I think that Apple has taken that role. And it's quite clear to me through the video that I posted here uh, in the making of the design of the Surface. That's the video that I posted on, on uh, geekwithenvy.com. If you really look at this video, it really reminds you of an Apple video. Now, I'm not saying that they can, they're necessarily copywriting that type of video, but really look at the way they're describing the hardware. And actually, we're even, just even the fact that we're talking about Microsoft hardware is Apple-esque, right? So, Microsoft making hardware. I mean, it's not new. I mean, they've got the Xbox and things like that. I, I'm not talking about that, though. I'm not talking about the Zune. We're talking about computers here. We're talking about tablets. We're talking about a Windows 8 machine built by Microsoft. That's crazy. It really is. It's cool, but it's crazy. Now, how is this going to affect the market? I don't know. We're watching it happen right now. They're on sale. They're priced to compete. So we'll see how this turns out. But the comparison to Apple, I think, is obvious. And it's not just because of the hardware, okay? But it's just the way they describe things, the way they're conducting business. It's not just the fact that they're popping up these new... Microsoft stores right across the street from the Apple stores, okay, but it's just the mentality that that's happening and the way they're going about describing products and creating hardware and some of the UI implementation is a little bit the same. There's some similarities there. It's not identical or anything like that. I mean, by no means does Windows 8 look anything like anything that Apple has created, but there are some features there. Like the, like the Microsoft Store is a lot like the App Store and the way that sandbox environment for applications is, that's a very Apple-esque type thing. What's not so great about that is a lot of developers aren't happy with that type of sandbox environment. They don't like being constrained by an App Store, so to speak. And Microsoft will have that same pushback while trying to... to you know, convert these people over, to convert these developers over to this new App Store mentality or Microsoft Store mentality. So that's another thing that reminds you of Apple. So it's not necessarily, and I want to make it clear that I don't, I'm not saying that Microsoft is, is copycatting Apple or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think they realize that Apple is a big trendsetter here. I believe that they realize that a lot of people like what Apple's doing. And so it would make sense for Microsoft to take a similar direction, but uh, by no means am I saying that they're just sitting and copying them all day. I'm just saying there are some similarities there. And to hear Bill Gates talk about uh, the surface and things like that and the way his excitement is about it and how he talks about the way the hinges in the back and how unique that is and how just him describing hardware is just really interesting. 
If you haven't seen that video, you should check that one out too. But definitely check out the making of the design of Surface that's on geekwithenvy.com under our post, Microsoft Acting More Like Apple. And you'll see what I'm talking about. I think the video kind of uh, explains itself. You'll see it come out. You'll see that Apple-esque feeling <laughs> conjured up in it. Maybe it's just because we're so saturated with Apple this and Apple that and the iPhone this and the i this and the i that and the way they do their videos that it just feels like that. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's just so much Apple out there that when we see these videos, we can't help but compare it to Apple. But then again, that says a lot about what Apple's doing, right? That means their campaigns are working. They're getting into our heads, right? So either way you look at it, you know, I just, it's an observation that I noticed and I thought I would just write about it and get people to engage on that and see, do, am I the only one thinking this or does this really feel that way? Does it really feel like this is happening? So, boy, oh boy. How about the weather in the eastern U.S., folks? The Hurricane Sandy, which turned into Superstorm Sandy, and all the devastation that it caused and the flooding. My gosh, uh, remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. We posted on it a few days before uh, Hurricane Sandy actually did any major damage. We posted and we were talking about how the storm had a potential to be a superstorm, and yes, it was. It turned out to be quite a storm. And I'd also thought that I would bring up an older post, which is Weather Underground. I use it a lot. I use it all the time. Actually, I believe Weather Underground has been bought out by the Weather Channel. But previously it was a, a separate entity. But now I think that uh, Weather Underground is owned by the Weather Channel. But Weather Underground, really awesome. And I, I've been uh, using it to keep an eye on what Sandy was doing the whole time too because they have a really great map. They have a really great radar map. If you're a weather geek and I kind of fall into that category, you'll really appreciate Weather Underground. It's really cool. They have a really great radar map, the, we the Wonder Map, they call it. It's really detailed. They have lots of uh, options for you to, lots of things that you can turn on and off. You can turn the infrared on. You can turn the infrared off. You can look at uh, the the daytime satellite image, or you can do the again the infrared, or you can go into uh, certain reflectivity levels on your radar too. You can also uh, choose animations, just like any other map or radar map that you look at. You can look at uh, a lot of things. You can look at wind direction. You've got temperature. So you've already got this really great map with all these great features on it. And what makes it even better is that data is so accurate and it's so like it's just so accurate. You can really pinpoint winds in specific areas and you can pinpoint temperatures in specific areas. And the reason you can do this and the reason that you're able to do this is because most of the data that Weather Underground has comes from over 22,000 plus personal weather stations, which creates an extremely accurate and detailed weather data field. It's amazing. I have been in some locations where a personal weather station has been within just feet of my location. So it's like I know exactly what the temperature is and exactly what's going on right there, maybe even a block away from where you live. 
maybe someone in your neighborhood has one of these personal weather stations and it chances are they probably do because it is a really big network and they're all over the place in fact the weather channel which again does uh, own weather underground now I believe was utilizing these personal weather stations to analyze Hurricane Sandy as it approached the Jersey coastline they were actually looking at wind direction trying to determine because after it had started to make landfall well they weren't actually they weren't sure if it had made landfall yet and they were using the wind direction data from these personal weather stations to try and determine which direction the winds were going in order to better uh, estimate where the center of the storm was. So it was really cool to see these personal weather stations uh, um, being put to good work, being you know put to good use here. So you imagine that guy, you know, probably really excited to have uh, their personal weather stations out helping the weather center actually try to determine where the center of a hurricane is, being a part of something that important. How cool is that, right? So again, other than Wonder Map. Weather Underground overall is just a really great uh, resource for your weather needs. So check it out. It's wonderground.com. That's W-U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D.com. Wonderground. That's one word. And you will find a plenty there. So, And as always, you can contribute to the data that Weather Underground uses by purchasing weather station hardware, personal weather station hardware, and placing that weather station in a good place to report accurate readings. You can get installation and configuration software, and you'll be able to ultimately upload your data to Weather Underground if you so choose. You go to our post on geekwithenvy.com. You can follow the link there and it will tell you how to set up a personal weather station so you can contribute to the weather underground and you can make it even more accurate so very cool if you're a weather geek you're gonna love that they have iOS applications and Android applications so definitely check it out so some other news out there attack of the show and x-play cancelled yes attack of the show and x-play both very popular programs on G4's network. If you're not familiar with G4, well, I don't think you really need to explain that. G4, the technology, well, I put that in air quotes, the technology-based uh, television channel, has decided to close or cancel Attack of the Show and X-Play by the end of this year. So they will be ending the run at the end of the year. Both shows will inc include original episodes through the end of the year. And we'll look back at their most memorable moments in kind of a wrap-up. There'll be a rotating lineup of guest co-hosts, including John Barrowman, Michael Ian Black, Josh Myers, Paul Shear, Rob Hubel, and Horatio Sands will appear on Attack of the Show, of course, with hosts Candace Bailey and Sarah Underwood. So X-Play hosts Morgan Webb and Blair Herter will also be part of the farewell shows. So... Definitely closing this one out. Uh, not a big surprise. I don't know if you guys follow or have seen G4 before it was G4. I was actually a big fan of Tech TV, and 
I was there for the transition of it to G4, and I I didn't necessarily I don't necessarily hate G4. I like some of the content on there. I do like everything that Kevin Pereira has brought to G4. I think he's a really creative guy, a really funny guy. I think it's 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 an awesome it's an awesome platform for these people to get out there. I'm glad that we the world has been introduced to to people like Kevin Pereira. I think he brought a lot. Uh, he was one of my favorite parts of G4, and when he left, I was definitely thinking that hey, this is going to definitely change. Uh, attack of the show. I don't know how how this can work without him. I think he was an integral part to that show. And of course, Adam Sessler, another awesome guy, an awesome person. I love uh, following his work. Morgan Webb as well. And uh, overall, these people, uh, Kevin Rose, you know, was also part of Tech TV and he obviously went on to do some amazing things. But uh, definitely strange to see to say the least uh, and everything going on with G4 but I was definitely a big fan of Tech TV I think that a lot of what Tech TV was uh, was better than G4 in a lot of ways but I think if there could be a perfect channel maybe it would be a, a mix of what G4 is and Tech TV is but uh, I'd have to say if I, I would like to see that a network that was more like Tech TV I think that was a really great channel. I think it was very informative, but it was also fun. And I think I miss that. I do miss having something like that, so it would be nice to see that, but maybe I don't. Maybe I really don't miss that. Um, because we have so many great shows now online, on the web, on Ustream, and on YouTube. And a lot of these people... Uh, are on the web creating great content and maybe they don't necessarily need a tech TV anymore I don't think they do I mean we've got revision 3 we've got Patrick Norton Veronica Belmont Leo Laporte they're still out there doing this really great stuff so I don't know maybe we don't need it at all but again G4 uh, not sure what's going on with them not sure if they're just shuffling everything and starting over or if that's going to hang in there or what, I have no idea. Um, but it does make me think about uh, when all these people are leaving. It does remind me of Tech TV. Definitely cool television. Um, another great uh, another great talent to leave Tech TV. It went on to some great things. Uh, Chris Perolo. Love watching his, uh, actually love watching his vlogs uh, and his uh, videos. I've been watching them for a long time. So there's... There's a lot of good things out there. They don't necessarily need a tech TV anymore. But anyway, nonetheless, I'm going off in a little rant here. But Attack of the Show and uh, and X Play are canceled officially, and and those are big shows. Those are uh, I don't know. Those are probably the two most major shows. So that right? Am I saying that correctly? Are they? They're the two biggest shows on the network, I believe. Uh, so and then they've got all that other stuff on there, the uh, Ninja Warrior and all that good stuff. Um, all that content on there, geez, oh man, they've they've got a lot of different stuff on that one network. You know what I mean? It's definitely out there. But um, it seems like these are the only two shows left that had anything to do with anything other than uh, the other stuff that they're airing on there. But anyway, big news, I guess, if you follow G4. Big shows closing up. Uh, so anyhow, 
let's go into a little bit more about the iPad Mini. So well, it's not so much about the iPad Mini. We kind of saw that one coming. It's about the one that we didn't see coming. And uh, that was the refresh on the iPad itself. So we moved over to, Apple moved over to a fourth generation iPad. And I am one of those people who actually recently bought an iPad third generation, which is the Retina display. And of course, now they just throw out this new fourth generation less than, what was it, seven months? They've got a new iPad out. They've already updated. Well, we didn't see it. Well, I didn't see it coming this quickly. But I think one of the major reasons they pushed this upgrade is so that they could get the new lightning connector in there. They also made it more appealing by putting the A6 chip, A6X chip in, which is twice as fast as the previous generation. And overall, just enough to make you aggravated and make you feel crappy about the iPad that you currently own. Now, I do mention that, well, when you get into this business of technology, you kind of have to already assume that what you're buying is already out of date. Okay, so they were going to do a refresher on it. I didn't think it was going to be this soon, but they've done it nonetheless. And regardless... If you think, uh, you know, if you hate him for it or not, you know, it, it, it has happened. And it's one of those things that uh, actually Apple, some Apple stores were offering to upgrade customers to the new iPad who bought them within the last 30 days, which I thought was kind of neat. But it wasn't a, you know, nationwide chain, store uh, policy or anything for them to start doing this. But I guess some stores took it a, took the liberty of doing this. At least it was rumored as such. I think that would be a cool move by Apple. I mean, if you bought it in the last 30 days, so just go ahead and help them out and get them up to the newest iPad, right? Uh, but uh, they don't have to. And again, like I said, you just assume that it's already out of date. But that definitely got to me because I bought one recently. I was like, hey, I want mine to be faster. That's not cool, guys. But anyway, it's happened. Uh, the iMac has received an update, which I thought was long overdue. And uh, they finally got the Ivy Bridge in there. The i7 and the i5 are available in the iMac now. And boy, that new design is slick. It is slick. Boy, that thing looks beautiful. It's definitely easy on the eyes, right? But one thing I noticed when they were presenting the new iMac on stage is uh, the hesitation of when they were going around and rotating this thing, they, they hesitated to show it completely on, at its side. Uh, they they didn't show the side view right away. It was kind of funny because if you look at it from the front, at the angle they have in the photographs on the website, it looks like it's it really is five millimeters thin all the way through. But in reality, it does widen in the back and in the center. But still, a very beautiful computer. It's just uh, you know it seemed a little deceptive at first. They didn't want to show the whole side profile of the monitor, but uh, nonetheless, that's a whole computer. That's not just a display. That's not just a pretty display. That's a whole computer in there. And it's a it's a pretty powerful one at that. So pretty impressive. Uh, I'm happy with that upgrade. A lot of people, however, I saw some reaction, or I saw some initial reaction to the iMac, the new iMac, and people were already angry that there was no optical drive on it. And I had to stop and think and go, really? You guys are really missing? 
the optical drive that much. That's your major hang-up. You're not going to buy, I'm not going to buy that. It's got a, doesn't have an optical drive. That's just ridiculousness. Really, guys? I mean, think about, I, me personally, I don't know how often I, I probably use my optical drive like twice a year. And, you know, I may be exaggerating because I don't, I don't know if I use it that much. There's just not, I don't know. I, I just don't use it that much. I don't use it for anything anymore. I've got, if anything, I use thumb drives and cloud storage. Guys, this is the future now, right? Cloud storage is the future. Let's move away from these things. It's not, it's not, it's not a necessity. Even if you do have a business where you need to actually create physical media, maybe you're a photographer or something like that, and you want to create you know, picture discs or something that you're, you're, you're sending out to your customers, you can get the add-on drive, if you really needed it, for 50 bucks, and you got it sitting there. No big deal. The optical drive is, is, is going away, and it's not that big a deal. I, I really was surprised that that was the one thing people were freaking out about. I was, I was blown away. I thought more people were, have moved on from that, but uh, and that's why a lot of the new of new Apple lineup has is going without an optical drive. That's what they're making them thinner. It's, it's a completely in my in my day to day use. It's completely unnecessary. I don't need a hard uh, a physical optical drive in order to get by. Can definitely deal with just cloud storage, and I'm I'm good to go. So uh, some of the new things too, or something new. Uh, that I thought was pretty cool was the introduction of the Fusion Drive, or Apple's Fusion Drive, which is a combination of flash flash storage and a traditional hard disk drive storage or mechanical drive. The flash storage will hold approximately will hold uh, not approximately it will hold 128 gigabytes, and the traditional hard drive can be one or three terabytes. The Fusion Drive. Isn't just a mix of both technology. It actually implements some really cool software, where it will move your applications from one drive to the other depending on its performance needs and how often you use it. Now, this is something that I actually employ. Uh, this is a method that I employ right now, but I would say, you know, in a manual sense, I do this. I have an external drive and I have a laptop with flash, and I go back and forth, and I only put the really performance critical applications on the actual solid state drive the flash media everything else like music files and bulk photos and things like that and you know big chunks of data that aren't you know performance that don't need performance basically are on my external hard drives well the fusion drive does this for you OS 10 will recognize which programs you use the most and which programs require the most performance and then move them to the much faster flash drive accordingly. So it's a pretty cool idea. Most of us, like again, are probably doing this already. That's what I'm doing. So to have something do it automatically, I think is pretty cool. The Mac Pro, uh, obviously they introduced a 13-inch Mac Pro with a Retina display. We've kind of seen that one coming. The 13-inch model is one of Apple's most popular models. So it was definitely, definitely could have seen that one coming from a mile away. They're obviously going to want to update that with Retina Display, get that out there to consumers because it is their most popular size. So the other thing that got an update to was happy to see is the Mac Mini. 
Mac Mini got uh, an Ivy Bridge chip as well. And you know what? It's a cool little thing. I don't know if if you're not uh, if you've never used a Mac Mini or you've never seen one or haven't worked with one. They're definitely a really cool, compact little box that's powerful enough to do what you need to have done. It, it works great as a server. They have a server. If you need a server solution, you can check out the Mac Mini server. And overall, the Mac Mini is just a cool little computer. There's a lot of different things you can do with it, but I'm glad to see that that was updated as well. And of course, we have the iPad Mini, which is the most anticipated product coming out from this Apple announcement. And people seem to be very, very excited about it. I was just okay with the whole thing, but boy, people are really eating this up. And uh, they're heading out there to the 7.9 inch diagonal iPad mini. So that's obviously going to be competing with 7 inch models uh, made by competitors. And of course, uh, Apple does a really good job of showcasing why their iPad is better than other tablets by explaining how the applications are just better. They're richer. They offer more features in the applications on the iPad than they do on competing tablets. So now I've used a lot of different tablets. I'm happy with the Kindle Fire. I think it's a really the Kindle Fire HD is really awesome. So and I have not used an iPad Mini. I do like the iPad. So I don't know. It's kind of all preference for me personally, and I guess I can kind of go into this, and hopefully you can pick this up from what I write, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I tend to try to stay out of choosing sides here. Um, I'm not really an Apple guy. I'm not really a, Mac, a Windows guy. I'm not really one way or the other on most of this stuff. I'm not going to say that I'm not biased, because I think that's uh, pretty much impossible to be not biased at all, but uh, there are some products that I like more than the others, and there are some phones that I like more than the others. I really like the Samsung Galaxy S3. I think that's a really good phone. I've used the Samsung Galaxy for a long time. I think it's a cool phone. I don't hate the iPhone. I like the Samsung Galaxy S. I like the iPhone 4, though. That's a pretty cool phone. But I do like some of the things that I can do on Android versus iOS. Now, I do prefer an iPad over other tablet devices. I think the iPad's one of my favorites. I like the size of it. Uh, I know people like the iPad Mini, but I like the size of the original iPad. I like the applications that I can use on it. I like just the way the iOS works on it. So I'm kind of back and forth on a lot of things. I, I use a bit of both. And obviously, based on what I do and writing about all these products and things like that, I can't really just close myself off to one product. I, I, I use everything that I can. If it's got electronics in it, I'm using it and trying to figure it out, and that's what I'm all about. So I don't uh, plant my flag with one specific company or anything like that. Now, there are some preferences that I have to one side or the other, depending on the device I'm using. But in general, I use a little bit of everything. I've built... Uh, my own custom PCs, I've used pre-built PCs, I've used Mac, I use Mac, I use OS X, I use Windows 8, I've used Windows 7, XP, and all that good stuff, so uh, I try to keep myself open-minded, I think, and I think most of us should really look at it that way, and uh, don't base uh, every, every decision you make on a company, but uh, rather base it uh, based on what meet your needs the best.
okay? And that's what I try to do. But uh, generally, I'm just interested in every thing that's ever made, basically. I want to just uh, check it out, you know? I don't care if it's small. I don't care if it's a laptop. I don't care if it's a watch. I, I just want to check it out, and I don't really care who makes it. Um, but obviously, there's going to be something that I like more than others, so that's where the bias comes into. But I try to keep that out as much as possible when I talk about these things. And with the iPad anyway, I do prefer the iPad over others. I do like the iPad mini. I don't know if I will technically be interested in getting one. But uh, I do have to say that it it does look like the applications are much more, offer a much more rich experience, a richer experience on the iPad. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, or if that's just the way things are because the iPad has been so successful. But uh, just from looking at it, I, I, that's kind of one of the reasons I like the iPad is the applications and, and the way web browsing is on them. Uh, web browsing seems to be much better on the iPad. So I don't, I'm not exactly sure what that is that causes that. I have to really look at that and compare. But uh, web browsing overall, I've been very happy with on the iPad. So anyway, Apple has gone through and refreshed their entire lineup. So very cool to see all that done. Another thing I wanted to get into here, and we're going to wrap things up, is, uh, and I'm going to touch briefly on ultra-high-definition television. And uh, I do go into details on the post on what exactly ultra-high-definition television is. Uh, but it is here. It is, I'm sure you've seen some of the 4K televisions out there, uh, some YouTube videos floating around of these things being created, these new 145-inch screens with amazing detail in them. Uh, they've got 4K and 8K technology out there. I go into explaining all the uh, specifics on the website at geekwithenvy.com. And I do some comparisons there too. I've got a little bit of a, a little graphic there that shows you the size comparison between uh, HD, current HD television, and what ultra high definition is going to look like. And yes, we are moving towards ultra high definition TV, not as quickly uh, as we did when we started getting into the high def phase, but it is going to start making more and more of an, uh, an appearance in electronic stores and televisions as we move forward. I think it will become the standard television eventually, but I don't think uh, right now with our current broadcasting capabilities aren't going to be able to, to do much with ultra-high definition. We just don't have the bandwidth to do it. But as things improve, I think we will see this more and more. Uh, so definitely check that out, the ultra-high definition link on there. Um, it's kind of interesting. In fact, I had a chance uh, today, actually, to watch a Modern Marvels show. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Modern Mar Marvels on the History Channel. Uh, it was the history of television. And that was really cool to watch, um, just how television evolved and how long it took for, for television to be perfected. Oh my god, it took so long to get television off the ground and to get people watching television. If you haven't seen that, it's Modern Marvel's the history of television on the History Channel. You can check it out on Netflix, actually. Um, pretty cool explanation of how TV came along. And just seeing how slowly it evolved back in the 30s and 40s, and then seeing how quickly television evolves today is absolutely... It's absolutely amazing, the pace that we move at these days. You know, with 
technology and everything. And ultra high definition is already here, and we're just now starting to get used to uh, high definition television. My parents are actually still they're actually still using a tube television, the old square box, the 480i, right? And um, they're happy with it. They don't see any reason to change right now. I've showed them they've seen HD TVs. They don't care. They're they're happy with where they're at right now. And when that breaks, uh, they will move on then. They are trying to get the maximum value out of their television, their current television, and I don't blame them for that. And uh, no one says you have to upgrade, right? Um, I feel that pressure all the time, though, to be honest with you. Anytime something new comes out, I'm like, man. You know, and that's that's kind of what Geek with Envy really is all about. You know, it's just like all oh, this great stuff out there. You want it. You know, you just, man, what is this? Oh, you got this new motherboard? Oh, man. So I, I'm kind of a sucker for that. I, I uh, do employ my... Uh, that shopping technique, if you want to call it that, or my upgrade technique, which I do mention uh, in a in a post on Geek with Envy uh, and how I uh, go about making decisions on whether I'm going to upgrade or not. But boy, things move fast. So yeah, definitely check out the ultra high definition television uh, uh, post if you haven't seen that. If or if you haven't heard anything about it, it's pretty cool technology that they're coming out with, and they're going to have some pretty awesome displays coming out here. Uh, within the next few years, so keep an eye on that. So that is the latest from Geek with Envy and around the tech world. I'd like to thank you for listening to the Geek with Envy podcast. This is episode number three coming to a close. As always, uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Be sure to subscribe to everything that you can. If you like us, go ahead and give us a like. We really appreciate that. It help us, helps us out quite a bit. So uh, give us a like. Rate us, rate these podcasts, let me know how I'm doing, let me know how my content is going, put some comments on the website, we need more comments, we need interactive conversations, we need your opinion, because your opinion counts, we want to know how things are going out there, I want to know personally, I want to know how you feel about this crap that's going on out there with all these changes and everything, and all this new stuff, and Windows 8, and I want to know how you guys feel about it, so give me your feedback. I really enjoy doing these podcasts. We will be back next week, uh, next Tuesday, to do episode number four. And once again, I'm Richard Vincenti Jr. with GeekWithEnvy.com, and thank you for listening.